Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Bayonet Brewing Co., The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, The Sociable Beer Company and The Small Batch Brewing Co. So we're delighted to welcome to the podcast Dan from Radio City Beerworks based in Chelmsford. Dan has been an Essex beer enthusiast for many years and he organised the first ever keg bar at Cameron's Chelmsford Festival in 2017, which sparked the idea for Radio City. Dan's biggest challenge is time. Like many who start out in this industry, the brewery is run on the side of a full-time career and with a focus on quality they will be producing new beers initially at a slow pace. In March of this year, Radio City took a huge leap forward, opening Radio City Social, which is a fabulous railway arch tap room in central Chelmsford, where we are recording live today. Dan, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Radio City. Hello there. Yes, my name's Dan. For me, my kind of route into the market was, as I guess as of all people, just generally a love of beer, but even from a young age, I found myself leaning more towards uh, initially kind of the real ales, it's yep. a lot of the kind of 500ml stubby bottles of real ale okay. when I worked up in the off licence up the road here, bottoms up when it was uh, when it was there years yeah. ago next to yeah. Zeus when that was there years ago <laughs> and even just working in there I found myself drawn to you know the bottles of real ale I think we did like, I think it was something incredible like three for five or three yeah. for five Yeah, so I can remember the old three for five yeah. deals, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> and I always found myself, it sounds, I just always found myself kind of looking for more flavour in beer naturally. Right. And started working in the city. You know, good job, enjoyed aspects of it, but kind mm-hmm. of always had thinking it wasn't really for me. Yeah. Around the same time, I was um, vol- we started kind of volunteering at the Cameron Festival just to kind of be a bit more involved in what was going on locally nice. in the beer yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. But I found that there were just nothing locally satisfied what I wanted in beer. You know, my my I don't want to say my taste had moved on from real ale because I still love real ale. I'm a huge yeah. fan of cast beer. Sure. But I was just like, I guess because I was in, working in the city, I was getting exposed to some of these kind of more modern bars and modern beer styles. Yeah. That, that I was just kind of craving a bit of that and thinking, what's happening in Essex mm-hmm. in that scene? So we, um, we, we're talking sort of early to mid-2010s this now? Is, no, this is, yeah, this is actually probably 2015. Right, yeah. Okay. I mean, I probably, a little earlier, I started drinking kind of, you know, probably like the Brewdogs and you like, probably early 2010s. Sure, yeah. Uh, that obviously opened my eyes a lot to that and I'd been around kind of Europe and into a few of their bars they were opening up in like kind of Barcelona and the Okay, like. nice, yeah. I was just kind of craving some of that but also I've always been an avid supporter of things that are local. Right. You know, so I was looking at it and I was always interested in kind of like the science and art behind brewing and I thought I'd kind of just give it a go myself as a home brewer. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of home brewing, I was taking little 330ml bottles into work and poisoning <laughs> everyone and so you had, you you had, Did you invest in half decent kit from, from day one on your home brewing side? Uh, day, day one was a £100 T-urn. Okay. You know, in a plastic <laughs> bucket. I've still, I've still got them, they're all at the brewery. Love it, yeah. In a plastic yeah. bucket I used to, um, the, the, the original brewery was on um, 
was on my dad's farm. It was mm-hmm. an old milk barn that he let mm-hmm. me just build a tiny little brewery. Okay. And it was so cold, I used to take the plastic bucket home to my flat <laughs> and put it in the airing cupboard um, <laughs> so that it had any chance yeah, of fermenting. Yeah, keep it fermenting. And obviously with that, you know, with the different varying temperatures in the flat, mm-hmm. when we're in, when we're out, the fermentation was never clean. So no. I made some pretty, pretty shocking beer. But what, what I was learning from it in the early stages was how are flavours develop? What is it that causes off flavours? I mean, okay. I, 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 look, I look back, you know, I think a couple of months ago, my first ever notes, my first ever homebrew. Oh, right. I looked through it and went, bloody hell, like all these things I did wrong. And obviously now I have an, you know, a bit more of an educated stance. I can look at it and go, these are all the errors. Great that you were taking notes from, from the start. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it shows you, you know, you were taking it seriously even at yeah. that stage. Yeah. I think, Joe, you know I think from day one, even when there's a few more of us involved in the brewery, I knew I wanted it to be something. Okay. I, I'm, I'm very driven like that. I if I'm doing something I kind of put my all into it and I, I knew I wanted to get out of my job in the city and right. I still do mm-hmm. um, but for me it was very much I want to make something here that can have an impact locally that people locally can buy into and also right. be passionate about and just to almost fill that little gap that I kind of saw in the mm. Essex beer scene absolutely so from day one I was like this is a business you know I was yep. thinking of thinking of names for the brewery went through hundreds of awful ones for Radio <laughs> City became a thing um, <laughs> lots of planning lo- you know YouTube videos reading books you know yep. I read all the, the classic kind of you know home brewers books and yep. that kind of stuff you know um, so very early on I knew it's what I wanted to do and I was just experimenting 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 and every time I'd take it to friends take it to work mm-hmm. and my work my friends yeah it's a friends and family yeah it's good yeah it's good that's know. yeah a lot no, of people no, have told me that's kind of a risky audience to trust it, their it feedback is. from you know it, it is awful audience really but, um, <laughs> but the guys at work were all pretty savage about it you know yeah. they, they weren't afraid of hurting my feelings because so, working in office which is what, what you need yeah. isn't it yeah and, and, and the point where there was a point where I could tell it was getting a bit better so I invested mm. into invested into a bit of a, be- a bit of better kit which right. was, a, was then a free vessel brewery okay. where I could um, what 100 litre you talking about there 100, 100, yeah. 100 litre yeah. kit so I could properly I could properly mash properly sparge mm-hmm. rather than just you know pouring water over a bag of mold right, right. I could well pour I could do all of that stuff and this was all just from more, more and more research about the kind of beers I wanted to make how to do it yeah. and then I bought a couple of um, small uni tanks which you can't probably can't see them here but they are on top of the bar okay you nice. see they're yep. actually up there now as almost like ornaments yeah a few home brewers have come in here and and made an offer been a, them, bit, yeah. been a bit <laughs> up to see that kind of equipment up there and they go oh we would kill for that I yeah, like, yeah, yeah you know i did too it's a historical <laughs> um, artifact but now. for me it's a <laughs> part of our history of you know? is, yeah. so, um, and then i was brewing and then i was trying to brew prologue so mm-hmm. that's my first beer and um, we've got that in tank right now at the brewery I was trying to brew that. I wanted an easy, sessionable IPA that could be easy drinking. Yeah. Just very easy for people, approachable for people. Because okay. um, yeah. I thought if we're going to introduce ourselves to the market, it's got to be something that's accessible for us. Sure, for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, Was it just bottled? Yeah, just canned. So so I was bottling when I was basically really home brewing. Right. As soon as I started taking it to the point where I wanted to be commercial, I, I was canning. Yeah. So you got a little sealer the, I yourself. Got a converted yeah. pillar drill okay. uh, with a seaming head on it yep. um, and a Blickman beer gun. Okay. And I was filling every one of them individually. Yep. Um, what I was doing is I was, I was doing that, and, and the point where I kind of knew that it was working was when I went to work. We all went out to um, Barsmith for a pizza in Farringdon. We had a beer, went back to the office and cracked open my beers. And almost unanimously across the board, they all said, this was better than the beer which had the nice. bias. That's what you want to And I was really. like, right, <laughs> cracked it. Yeah. And obviously it still wasn't perfect. In, in the end, I think from obviously home brewing aside, when I hmm. bought the bigger kit and I was brewing Prologue, I think I brewed 13 batches that I threw away. 
right. every batch before I made the one that I put in hopsters. Wow. I was just like, I, I cannot introduce myself to the, the craft beer market in, no. in Chelmsford no. without a product that people drink and go, do you know what? I would try this brewery's beer again. There we go. Yeah. I just thought, I'm not going to risk it. You know, mm. and the same with the art. I mean, that's the artworks prologue, as you can see on the yeah. posters. I wanted, I, I knew straight away, if, 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 I wanted, really catchy, if this is the market yeah, I want to yeah. be in, you've got to yeah. do it all right. Yeah. So you've got to have a good brand. That For me, the brand, I wanted it to say, I wanted to tell people where we were from, but not be so obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a Radio City. Uh, it came yeah. up because I was driving with my friend and I was like, oh, well, I definitely want City in the name. I, like, yeah. I liked the City part. And being a fan of like rock music, I was like, you know, Rock City, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, you know, I can't go with that. And then... I literally said to my friend Will, I said, what, you know, what, what's our f- most known commodity in Chelmsford? Yeah. Email, obviously radio. Well, literally, I mean, just, I've just been driven, driven down the A12 this morning and, you know, it says, welcome to Chelmsford, home yeah. of the radio. Well, basically yeah. radio, yeah. yeah. And, it, and when it clicked, it was almost like Eureka Moment. I was like, that's it, mm. that's the name. Because for me, it doesn't pigeonhole us to Chelmsford. In no. Way. It is something that could almost be a bit more national, which obviously has what, what, exactly. always been one of my aims. Yeah. And it works. Then the beer works for me was just... I didn't want it to be brewery. I wanted to be wanted to stand out, be right. more modern, be a bit different. You yeah, know? and it works. You know, yeah. and, uh, it also infuriates me because I get called Radio City Brew Works, Radio City Beer Works, one way. So, you know, <laughs> but um, but but you know, it's, it's a brand that I just kind of fell in love with the name, yep. and and it worked for me. And then the second part was the fact it had to be in cans because the modern craft beer market was all 440ml cans Absolutely. so I went for that route yep. and then the third part was the artwork yep. it had to had to stand out on yep. a shelf mm-hmm. I used to go to Hopsters all the time and buy, like, go for all the beers and I thought if my beer sits on that shelf and yep. doesn't at least just fit in then we're going to go nowhere exactly. you know, it has to yeah. fit in and it has to be something that people can look at and go god that's, that looks good you know because people, people buy with their eyes you know yep, people, it, people yeah. buy with their eyes and they yep. continue to buy if it's, if it's a yeah, that, beer, yeah, you know? it's got to catch your eyes yeah. isn't it from you know that people are sitting like 15 20 feet away looking yeah. at the fridge you've got to be able to look at it and say oh yeah I yeah, recognise that brand yeah. that's Radio C I trust them you know, I'm going to go and get that bit. Exactly, Those yeah. are the steps, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and like, even like, even when you know the days they used to volunteer with camera, it, they, people go for the ones with a funny name. Yeah, you know that sells it first, mm-hmm. but people come back for the quality of the beer. Yeah. so I was trying to tickle. Yeah, you get away with that once, don't you? Absolutely. You know, but not yeah. not not oh, a second. If you can, looks great. It's one buys it because it sound, looks great, yeah. sounds great. And if it's crap, you don't oh, buy it. God, you know, no, that's a massive that, disappointment. So, um, so for me, that that was kind of it. I kind of and then just went from there slowly and. Um, I was brewing, so this was 29, so 2019 we kind of released our first beer, this was still on like this nano kit, so I was yep. almost like, I saw myself as almost like a, I hate the term, but like professional home brewer at that yeah, point. Because fair enough. Right? In, in 2019, I released, I think, three batches of beer in total, which were about 72 cans each, so Ooh, it wasn't remotely not, commercial, much, this, was, this was me dipping my toe into yeah. the water, you know, and I looked at it and thought, do you know what, I, 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 I know I want to do it, this is, mm-hmm. this is, I feel like we've built a nice little brand. It's something I want to sure. expand on. So I went up to Middlesbrough and did a brew day with a guy on, a, on an old Dave Porter kit that he mm-hmm. was selling okay. to see how it all worked. And, and I bought it off him. Right. Um, and then shipped it back down. I literally went up there, collected it in a HGV, <laughs> and then drove it back down and um, had a site lined up in Essex. Yep. And then lockdown hit and I lost it. So I had the yeah. kit and HGV for... Oh, no, what a shame. How long was that? That was in there for eight months. Ooh. Sitting in the back of a trailer. What a shame. Yeah, so I only actually got the site I'm in now on September the 1st, 2020. Right. So I found the new site, negotiated it and everything. I mean, you I could take in. a glass half full perspective of that and say you might have committed to a significant rent on a site and then not absolutely. been able to trade for that. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like you dodged a bullet yeah. there. Look, absolutely. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I was, I, was, I was happy with how it all, how it all ended up. But um, Thank you. It, 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 it all fell into place, and I'm, I'm actually in a really good site now, really competitive rates. And, and that's stuff. just outskirts of Chelsea, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just past Harlan's Park. 
So I, I don't know the geography around Old Steve, obviously. That's <coughs> yeah, yeah, so from the city centre, it's a 10 minute drive. Okay, And brilliant. it's literally yeah. A414, so you're nice. driving, you know. So you're, sorry, you're early Cairns then, you've been, you've been, yeah. you've been doing 72 in a batch. Yeah. Did you just literally just push those in Hopster's Poppy Shop? Just yeah. yeah, yeah, so um, it was between Hopster's uh, Crafty Half in on Lee Road, down yeah. the other sea, I think it's Lee Road. And I think the Ale House had like one case of Prologue once. Okay. Yeah, it was very, very mm. small amount of locations. Um, and truthfully, people that I trusted with the beer to represent as well, yeah. you know. But it was like, yeah, I mean, truthfully, Hops has had most of it. I mean, when they had when they had Two Way Flyer, which was the last beer I produced on that small kit, yeah. they took, I think, all three cases of it and sold it in 24 hours. I was going to say, I'm sure day. that was absolutely flying it, at yeah. that stage. Just it, the, it the scarcity value and just the sort yeah. of word of mouth that just yeah, uh, that's it. people know, are going to be it, fighting it each other for that, aren't it they? It just disappeared. And, um, you know, that, that, was a, that was, again, a great confidence boost for me in buying the bigger kit. Mm-hmm. So, we, so I, set, I set up, I kind of, the way I look at it is I set up a commercial microbrewery in September 2020. Okay. So for, for me, although the brewery is, you know, the brewery has been a concept and I've had the brand for longer. Yeah. Uh, and I was obviously brewing that way. As a commercial microbrewery, we've been actively brewing regularly for two years. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is a decent period of time, isn't yeah. it? To, to, yeah. to really get the kit bedded in, I'm sure. And I've learned a lot yeah. in those two years. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> been a, a roller coaster with a number of things. Um, but. I've learned a lot and I've, I've, I've improved significantly myself as a brewer in that time as well, brewing yep. on that kind of kit and um, it's a really basic kit, it's incredibly basic right. but I've got very very good uni tanks, you know, yep. I, I invested okay. the money in the, the in the fermentation and conditioning side of it because yep. um, you know, even I've had other brewers say to me like a good brewer can make a good work but yep. you know, a great brewer actually then can, can turn that work into a great beer and, and for me that was the most important part of the whole process. I, yeah. I know you can use that kind of kit to make a great work. There's things on it I can't do that I want to do. Sure. It doesn't whirlpool. No. You know, I, I either do hop stands or I stand there and I literally work, swirl <laughs> like I'm a bloody home with a yeah. spoon, but I've just got the biggest <laughs> spoon in the world. So there's a lot I can't do and I, I kind of, I, I abuse it as best I can to make yeah. it do what I want. And it's only meant to brew a four barrel batch of 5%. Right. And I've, I've, I've just got a 6% IPA out of it. Okay. to 600 litres and just shy of four barrel mm. which I think is pretty good going that was my Clavageddon beer that I was this kind okay, of yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm pushing it to its bloody limits I really am you know and um, and I think I brewed like the 8% double IP on it but we end up with 300 litres rather than 600 yeah. you know, so. and I, I want to come back to that beer and I want yeah. to come back to Clavageddon as well yeah, but I yeah, want to talk sure. about this beer first where I've drunk it all because yeah, yeah. it's hard to talk about a beer you've already finished <laughs> And this is going down uh, indecently well for uh, for lunchtime. Dan, but this is uh, your social NEPA. Yeah. It's a special, you know, dedicated to, to the tap room where we're, where we're sitting, yeah. as far well as I understand it. Uh, 6.2% New England IPA. Uh, tasty notes, um, I managed to grab, say, Galaxy and Azaka present yeah. a beautiful sweet flavour of oranges and peaches. With a soft, easy drinking body and gentle carbonation, this one goes down a tree. True. I've never read truer tasty notes than that. This is, this is superb. Yeah, um, it's good. This is, you know, exactly what I need from a New England IPA. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody ever tells me this beer is going out of fashion, I'm not having it personally. I just don't, no, you know, I'm no, not seeing that. I think this is so well established as the yeah. as the craft beer style that every, you know, everybody else is competing for everything else, aren't they? Really, and this yeah, is yeah, they are. You know, um, I, I, I've always been a fan of the New England. Mm. Most of my friends are big West Coast fans. So okay. there's, always a bit of, there's always a bit of this. They're and just that. showing their age, mate. That's all they do. And, <laughs> and you're the brewer. You're the. You should know better. I'm like, Sorry. No. 
I Sorry, like, guys. I, I like them. I like them. Yeah. They just don't mind it to break. You know, you need a palate cleanser every once in a while. That bitterness just to cut through. But yeah, but this course. is this is the gold standard of beer as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I, I love them, and, and I, this was brewed to celebrate the bar opening. You know, I was okay. like, I want something that we can have in here and only ever have in here. No, I'm never going to can it. Um, not sure. Not okay. sure. I mean, look, I don't. You, you should never say never. Anyway, it's no, an unfair no. question. That you know, I, quite I, honestly, I do, if um, you've got the capacity and this beer is in demand, then for God's sake, can it and sell it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to get back to canning. We had a bit of an issue with the canning line. We bought, say, we Royal We. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought canning line in 2021, and it, and it was rubbish. Oh, that's a shame. Um, cost me a lot of money. I bet. And um, it went a bit public on the brewing forums as well over yeah. it, and the company actually ended up phoenixing and then let us all down so I, I lost a lot of money on it yeah. and it sits in the brewery now as an ornament bastards um, yeah, yeah I, I almost I actually almost collapsed us yeah I, I, well I, I, yeah almost, it doesn't, doesn't surprise stopped. me yeah. yeah almost gave up after that because it was so just bad just to deal with anyway what a yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they were real charges actually and I, I, unfortunately I bought it for, I bought it because a few other breweries had the same machines right but they were clearly tight for money, clearly kind of yeah. trying to wind down. They're obviously a bit dodgy. Yeah. And they shipped out like five or six machines to a few of us, and, um, and they were all crap. And the and same business has uh, crashed and reappeared, has it? They phoenixed to another business. Yeah. I kept an eye on it on company's yeah. house, called them out publicly again, yeah. and then I spoke to one of their staff who said they never had another sale. So Good. They, 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 got, they disappeared. And they've gone now. Good. I was going to say, I, the only reason I asked that is, uh, so when, at the first ever episode, we had Alpha Delta on, who mm. basically had a similar story about their brew kit, and, and they didn't want to name them in the episode, but they said, anybody wants to reach out to us, we'll name and shame in a private message. Absolutely, and, yeah. and ever since then, Ross gets constant messages about this, saying, you know, tell us, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's more than happy to yeah. uh, to have those conversations. It's, so, it's hard, isn't yeah. it? Because, like, part of me almost, like, should bloody name and shame if they do yeah, things well, like that. But at the same time, you know, you've got to be tactile. And, yeah, and you know, um, you're obviously exposing yourself to yeah. potential sort of legal situations. Look, but no, it's a, it's a sickening state yeah. of affairs. Well, I was it? trying to take it to court, and then, um, yeah. and then they literally lifted out the company and they phoenix, they what they turned up as a, they bought all the assets. And That's the most company. annoying thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. A limited company. I had, and a lot of people say to me, you should crowdfund, crowdfund. And, mm. and a, I know one of the other breweries that had the machine, they did crowdfund. But for me, I was like, I just don't, I don't want. I don't want to take other people's money to get out of this problem. No, you know, I don't. I don't think that's right for me. No. Crowdfunding is something I probably would look at in the future. Well, I think that's right. But I think it's it's fair, isn't it? But yeah. you know, at the same time, if you can grow organically without crowdfunding and absolutely. without needing to give away yeah, anything, absolutely. then you know that's this is yeah. your baby. It's your yeah. your blood, sweat, and tears yeah. going into it. Isn't sure. It? The, the only time I think I'll look at properly crowdfunding is when a crowdfund would make a significant would be a significant benefit to the business yeah. and that we could properly reward people. Right. And also, like, at that point, you know, I'd only been commercially brewing properly for a year and I thought, have I really proved myself yeah. to anyone yet to, to, to warrant them giving us any money? I, I was kind of like, no, I'm, I'm a bit like that, you know. I love the honesty of that, yeah. Quite, yeah, I, I, I'm quite a moral person, you know, and I was like, the, I, I almost need to prove to the market that I am I am worthy of these people's investment, yeah. you know. And, I, I generally believe there'll be a time where that is the case, but sure. I, I want it that if we're going to, like I say, if we're going to take money off people and they're going to be generous in that way, it has to be that it makes this business step up to a significant other level. Yes, you know, and that's probably when I look at it, which will be years away from now, and who, who knows? Who knows? Hard to hard to plot the future, years. isn't it? You know, hard yeah. to plot. Hard to know what's going to go on yeah. this time next week. Yeah, but so, the, so you're still you're still working mm. full time. Yeah. Do you want to touch on that just a little bit, just to give people a sense of, of you know, the um, how hard this is and how much effort you're putting in? Um, yeah, look, you know, I've, um, 
truthfully, you know, I've got a mortgage to pay. Yep. I've got, I've got bills, my electricity bills are through the roof. I'm about to remortgage, so that's, I'm screwed. And, and yeah, you know, the, it's, it's incredibly expensive business to run and my job has enabled me to build it, you know. Great. So yeah. um, I still do it because I, I, I still do it because I have to. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. Um, my boss knows. He, yeah. knows. he knows where my heart lies. But sure, um, of course. I still do a good job for him. That's and, yeah, um, as, long as, you, as long as you're doing that, then that's I, all I, that's I, I, My aim is to, to stop. Uh-huh. But the brewery needs to expand before that can happen. Yeah, but certainly. And the bar's three months old, you know. And, yep. Uh, we're doing well, you know. We are doing well, but there's we could do more. You right. Know? So, um, yeah. When, when as, as soon as soon as I can, I will yep. quit my job. But okay. for now, it's a necessary evil for me. So you're not doing too. Hopefully, not doing too many shifts in the bar yourself, are you? Or, or so I don't work in the bar. Okay. I don't have any shifts. Right. Um, I've got a bar manager in Ryan, and I've got yep. three members of staff and one one kind of part timer that helps out as well. Okay. Um, I am here all the time anyway, <laughs> to the point where I've been told to go home That's a few right, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, truthfully, because I like to be here because it's fun. Yeah. You know, um, I like to be around and meet people. I like to talk to people about the bar and stuff. Absolutely. So people, yeah. I guess people quite like to see me here sometimes because it's like, you know, I'm actively engaged yeah, with the business the, the I own. Yeah, you know? how, many, yeah. how many bars do you go to where the owner's not there and it's just the staff and the owners don't care, you know? That. Yeah. It's a nice environment. and. And also, that means I can help them out. If it's busy, so, I can jump on. Yeah, if can I want, want in, to yeah. go for some lunch, I can yeah. jump in. So um, I am here a lot. Probably probably recently to the detriment of the brewery, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but it's been a really exciting three months. You know, like I've wanted to be here. This has been yeah. a dream of mine for a long time. So I've kind of been buzzing around, helping out, and then kind of get to the brewery when I can. Hmm. And, and obviously with work as well, you know, it's just like, it's balancing all, all of it at once. Yeah. yeah um, especially if you're trying to have, what's it, six... Um, Radio City beers on, on tap on at all times. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, wow. Six is the plan. So yeah, a, you know, a lot of brewing to do as well, isn't it? To it is. Yeah, a, a truthfully, a truthfully, we've gone through it a lot quicker than I thought we would. Yeah. You know, like we are, we are flying through the beer, and it caught me off guard because I had hoarded beer right in the cold store of the brewery, ready for this, okay. and we just got through it so quickly. And it's like I'm looking at it now, saying quite honestly, even just with this bar and obviously the hot box and our house yeah. house beers, I do. I've got to expand. Wow. The brewery needs to double in size as a minimum. Yeah. Because obviously, then if I'm doing, you know, twice the amount of beer in one brew day, it's a lot easier on me as yeah. someone who's doing so much as I am. So, um, yeah. So th- th- there's plans there, and that's obviously incredibly expensive as well. Oh, absolutely. So every penny we earn is is being put towards that now. And and I personally, I've never taken a penny out of the brewery. You know, right. All the bar. It's no. all it's all reinvested. Because I, cause I, I still see and I say this is not the right time to be taking money out. No. This is still a growing business. Yep. It needs it to a point where it's completely financially independent. And while it is now, we're struggling with demand. So yep. we need that reinvestment. So once sure. we reinvest, we can grow and hopefully meet the de- have the supply match the demand. And hopefully soon the supply will exceed the demand. Yeah. And then we can start to push out again back yeah, the, to the, the other the, bars. Yeah, exactly. Then knows. you can start to expand to the reach grow. of the brand. Yeah. Can't so, so let's take a step back and talk about Radio City Social, which yep. is where we're sitting. How long did it take to find? How you know? Describe the space. Um, it, it took a long time, probably in excess of a year. I always knew I wanted to do it, and mm-hmm. certainly when the canning machine issue happened, um, my plan was web store, yeah, or national direct to consumer sales. At right. the point. This is when COVID was. Sure, ending. which was the only game. Yeah. That was the only plan at that stage. Yeah, wasn't it? you couldn't. Yeah, you know. during COVID, I was very much because I wasn't a new kid. I was still canning. I actually used to do about. Somewhere based on batches between four to eight hundred cans manually, one at a time, with my Blitzer pig and my pillow drill. I remember, I remember being down there all winter for about twelve hours, 
on my own canning beers individually. That really is a labour of love, um, isn't it? Yeah, and it was, I remember just, I was like chilled to the bone at the yeah. time. It was freezing. You better have had some good podcasts to listen yeah, to, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, um, I bought the canning machine thinking, Do you know what, this is the way to grow. But during COVID, I, I, I was, I, although I had the cans, I didn't do a web store because right. although I would have made more money, I was like, I need to support the people that support me growing. That makes sense. I, the beer needs to be to- in totally understand that. You know, selling, selling one or two cans to somebody that's never going to be able to get hold of them again because yeah. the scarcity is so, you know, yeah. as it makes sense, you've got to build up, even if it's only like a hundred yard radius of this bar, yeah. that's a low, you know, that at least is a clientele that you, yeah. can, that you can build just, on that's going to be able to get your beers regularly, isn't it? Do you know what, for me, it was just like, if Hops has wrote my letter of intent, you know, okay. if they supported me in growing this business, now when they are already struggling and they've got all these red stuff, it makes sense for me to help them. That's brilliant. So yeah. I, I purposefully didn't do a web store. Okay. And then as we're coming out of COVID and then into 2021, although we had the third lockdown, I looked at buying this canning machine to ena- enable me to kind of go more nationally because I was getting requests online about Yeah, but I don't doubt it. Yeah. Um, I bought that to do that because that was my goal. Right, we'll grow the brewery by doing more direct sales nationally outside of Essex. Yep. And then when the canning machine crap happened, I was like, um, well, the third thing I was going to do in my plan was bar. Right. And I was like, well, why don't we just bring that forward? Yeah. Because, you know, I'd spoken to a lot of other people. I'd spoken to the chaps who are on Leon C. And they, even they'd said, and I, and I agreed and knew, you can't really want to brew about a tap room. No, days. I they think just, that's They don't that's, make any money. Right, yeah. And where we, are in, um, where we are out on the outskirts of Chelmsford is a working farm. Okay. So... There's tractors going past, all sorts going on. You yep. can't really have people there. It is just a production yeah, site. Yeah, that's right. So I was looking around shelves. So I looked at loads of sites. I looked at Molsham Street, because obviously the nature of how many bars, great bars down there. I looked at Bado Road, near Moto Pizza. Mm-hmm. I, looked at, I looked at so many places. And then I, I, believe I looked at this and I was like, nah, it's not, it's not right, it's not right. Because when I first came here, it was full of junk. Right. From the old owner. Yeah. So I walked in and went, God, this is awful. And like... There was just like a doorway there into like a into a single toilet, and right. I was just like, this just won't suit a bar. No. And then um, I was looking around, looking around, and then they put some new photos of it up empty, and I'm like, wait, wait a minute, actually, it's actually more space than you realise, yeah, yeah, because they had a lot of dividing walls and stuff in here, and it okay. was just a bit of a mess. Yeah. So I asked to come back, and this was probably late last year. I asked to come back, and I walked in, and I went, well, actually, this probably could work yeah and I started redesigning in my head about the layout mm. and stuff and the layout changed an awful lot before this and then obviously I was just kind of negotiating it kind of got the got the okay got the licensing and stuff done I think well, at the start when you mentioned at the start about opening in March obviously we end up opening in July oh okay yeah, I think yeah I, yeah, I, I was yeah, reading would, somewhere that they, you, you were opening in March but yeah, yeah. Well, we, yeah we were supposed to and then I literally was about to get the keys and they said oh the, the power's not on we oh, can't open the shutters what a shame and I was like why and then it's to do with VDF for, um, de-energise the meter because it's been empty for so long. God. So it was a it was a bit bloody difficult getting in here. Mm. But I'm 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 one of these people is I set my my, mm. my heart on something and I get on with it. You know? I mean it's a nice space. So let's talk about it. So, so it's it's kind of it's two adjacent arches, isn't yep. it? That, that that are quite short and stubby. Yep. But the two added together gives us a nice a nice inside space. You have got seating for. 40, I suppose, 35, something yeah, in that, that probably, sort of... probably 40 or 40, yeah. yeah. And standing room for another 20 or 30 if, you Easily, know, if it yeah. was really busy. So that, that would be, you know, but it's a nice space. How many taps you got? 18. 18 taps, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and do you say five, six of your own beers? Generally the first six are always ours. And then you, um, and, and you're looking to curate a nice combination of local and, and national apart from that? Or, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do try. 
there's not a lot locally okay. um, available, which is a shame. But um, you know, we've got those. We've got um, one thing that, that we well, really wanted from day one. We've got um, a permanent line of imported beer from, oh. from the US. Right. So we're getting beer in from Florida mainly, from okay. Tampa. Yeah. And we have just got a load of beer in from um, from Texas as well. Oh, nice. So we have we're doing a big event for that later yeah. this month. But we always have one line of, of US imported beer. That's um, nice. Yeah. We've got a permanent line of lager, okay. which is basically utopian. We think, we think yeah. they're the best. Yeah. Small lager in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. whatever they've got, we, very we, many we, we change it around. So okay. Right now we've got the Czech session lager on, and okay. before that was the British premium lager. Yeah. So whatever whatever utopia to brew in, nice. we're going to get one of those in. So that's yeah. almost that's a permanent lager line for the lager drinkers. Right. Um, we've got a permanent gluten free line. We've got a permanent Belgian line. Okay. We always have Belgian beers yeah. on. We're about to start working with a local Belgian brewer. Oh, do you want to name them? Uh, the uh, the Belgian brewer. Oh, wow. That's their name. Where about today? Bishop Stortford. Wow. Um, they came in the other day, yeah. and I got to say, blew me away for huh? their beers. We tried six of them. They were yeah. all fantastic, um, and um, it was great. They'd been to a few places in Chelmsford, hadn't had a lot of luck. People kind of, t- kind of you know, whatever turned away. They came in here. We sat in for three and a half hours, <laughs> drunk all their beers, all my beers. <laughs> My, my dogs were here, funny enough, and we were all playing with dogs. <laughs> and, and they were like, they, they, they left and they were like, you know, this is what we want from this kind of experience. Brilliant. You know, someone who actually cares. Yeah. Someone who's willing to give us some time and, you know, not that oh, much time. But, um, and it was brilliant. And we are going to hopefully by the end of the month have their beers in. Great. Um, so, yeah, permanent line of Belgian beer. Yeah. Um, permanent, lo- uh, permanent stout through London Black. Okay. That yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Get in from Anspach. Yeah, our friends at Anspach. Because Anspach day, yeah. quite honestly, when I was opening this, my dad, who's in his seventies, said, "You need Guinness." Sure. To which I said, "No." Actually, no, we don't. Um, but, I'll, but I'll meet you halfway. But yeah. I met him halfway with that, <laughs> and he came and he liked it. Which Good. Is, I thought, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you like Guinness, you've got, you've got to like uh, exactly. London Black, yeah. And then I think the one that we, the one that we, we are talking about more and shouting about more is that Tap 17 is a permanent gluten-free line. Oh, good. Okay, so, that's nice as well. Yes, obviously yeah. we clean all the lines properly every, yeah. every week, but Tap 17 will only ever have gluten-free beer run through. Brilliant. You know, never, never change. That's a nice touch. And every, yeah. every time we go for a keg, a different one comes off. Okay. So we've actually had um, some really good results of the local celiac community, mm-hmm. where a lot of them are saying we can't go out and drink anywhere. No, but we, but we actually we when can we do us, it's yeah. the same beer everywhere, and they yeah. come in, and, and every time they come in, there's a different keg. Love it, you know. So they're loving it, and yeah. we've got cans of blue free stuff. So we've actually had we've actually had a bit of real hit with the local. That's brilliant. Sponsors. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, you know, for me, it's about the whole point of the bar was that it's going to be first and foremost a social space mm-hmm. you know I want this to be somewhere that people can come and they can meet yeah. their friends and make new friends as well absolutely um, which has happened a lot here because we're small yeah relatively small people kind of have to talk to yeah, each other yeah you can't right? you know there's not really any corners you're going to get away with sitting no, in and ignoring no, everybody is it so you've got so to engage yeah. so that and, and then obviously the other thing was just about being inclusive you know um, everybody's welcome here definitely um, of course and um when it comes to beer we want everybody to be able to enjoy something so your lager drinks have got an option yep your classic old guinness drinks got an option we've got a great wine menu from peter watts wines in coggershaw okay. so we've got wines nice. yeah we've got local spirits from essex spirits company charles mm-hmm. and mike distilling and then we've got lily cider because lily cider is just so good okay so for me it's like no matter who's in your group yeah there's something for everyone brilliant you yeah know? so you can come in with your dad who wants a guinness yeah you know you can come with your friend who's a celiac and they can have a pint you know, yeah. which, uh, and it will always be a different point, which the people they're loving, you know. And so it's, it's yeah, we've we've tried to kind of tick all the boxes, but without being too kind of just, you know, all over. You know, we don't want to be a Weatherspoons where no. you can get anything. Of course not. But we want 
what we want is you to, to have everything but quality versions of all of them. Right. You know, locally produced as much as possible, mm-hmm. like Essence Spirits Co., Charles and Mike, and, and then obviously with our beers and other guest beers. And yeah, just, just something that we, you know, we, we're giving people a good quality product and in a hopefully a nice environment. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great, great sort of set of objectives, Dan, yeah. that you sound so delivering against. Um, one more question before we take a short break. And as, as I sort of referred to when we were just getting set up here, um, I'm, I'm tired of Steve whining to me about the lack of great craft beer coming out of Essex up yeah. until... Uh, up until recently so you know comment on that if you care to you know it's just brilliant that you know you're here now yeah um, but what's the population of Essex like I don't know if it's less than two million I'd be surprised in fact it could be you know, it could yeah. be stays no, I mean, Essex. Several million. yeah there's, there's a lot there's a lot of people there. yeah yeah there's so no no, no. In Essex or yeah. Suffolk. Not, oh, well, not certain. Essex. No. So I don't think in Essex, no. no. Um, Which, depending on your perspective, is not necessarily yeah, a bad thing. That, that doesn't bother me too much. Um, yeah. I've always said with Bruno, if they come here, you know, during the week it'll probably all be alright, and on the Friday, Saturdays, it'll be full of bloody chavs. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be bloody awful. Um, <laughs> you know, if, look, if Bruno came here and it, and it meant that more people got into a form of craft beer, yeah. Then, in long term, surely that benefits me. I do and think that Brewdog do does, yeah. do serve yeah. that, you know, that they're, function in the market they're, they're, at least to some extent. A well, I do think they yeah. are a good, you know, intro, you know, introduction to craft yeah. beer for a lot I, of people. I, I see them as a gateway now, and um, yeah. the the Anne Knight building opposite the train station was a huge attached building over there. It was up for sale. That was my dream. That was one point three million to buy it, Ooh. and it was a huge, beautiful building with a huge outside space. You could put a, a, just a, an incredible brew pub in there. Yeah, and that was my dream. Oh man! And it yeah. got bought the other day by Brewhouse and Kitchen. So Brewhouse and Kitchen are opening up there. Yeah, they're advertising for brewers and stuff now. Yeah. Um, and, and I've looked at it and gone, you know, I've, I've never personally had a great experience at Brewhouse and Kitchen. No. It's a fun time. Yeah. The beer is okay. I don't think it's food's decent. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. again, for me, it's like, they're this end of town, which is quite important. It means there's more beer stuff yeah, happening. That's right. Town. I don't think it's a bad thing yeah. for them to be in there. I mean, I don't think that, you know, they're not going to be scaring any of your customers. I don't think they're going no. to be stealing any of your customers. No, no. that way, but you can probably steal some of theirs. Yeah, John, my mentality around it was if people go in there and they see the brewing kit and they taste the beer, they go, oh, this is really cool. Oh, brewery in Chelsea, and they Google something. Yeah. What do they find? They find a brewery bar, literally. Exactly. A two minute outside. walk around, yeah. around the corner, you know. Yeah. And then, so for me, it's like you know, it it, it could certainly be a good thing for yeah. the long term. But I think in terms of um, to answer your question, the the brewery in Essex, look, the brewery in Essex is almost what prompted me to do this. Yeah. You know, because of a because of a lack for me exactly. of, yeah. of modern beer. Yeah. There's a lot of good beer in Essex, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Billericay have got some uh, some great beers in like Billericay Dicky. Right. Um, Bishop Nick fifteen fifty five has always been a favourite of mine. Um, yeah, I think you know I go back to your, your Brewers Gold. Some of the ones from um, I can't name all. You know, some of the Crouch Vale ones. I think Puck's Folly Molden was a, a beer. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of these beers around. They're great. Yeah. I mean, and look, Leon Cr. Um, Leon Cr. Probably the most modern brewery other than us. Yeah. Um, Certainly, yeah. I mean, they obviously start, they started as yeah, a cast brewery. Yeah, they're cast and then they, focused, they took aren't they? On, but they, 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 they have uh, expanded. They, yeah, they took on Matt and Sam to brew and sell the beer and, and took a real modern focus to it. And yeah. as a result, they created some fantastic beers. Mm. But, I mean, I think, I think and you can, check, you can check me on this, I think I was the first brewery in Essex to do cans. Wow. I'm fairly certain I was because I, <laughs> I remember when Leon C started doing it and I spoke to them and said, oh, it's great to see another brewery embracing cans because not a lot did. And then Bishop Nick came out with their canned range, and Wibblers came out with the Here Be Dragons yeah. beer, I think it was called. Um, so it's really funny seeing how, and look, I'm not saying that I've 
I've influenced these people. The bloody market's influenced me. It's a market. We're all brewers. We're yep. all business. You know, in business end of the day. But um, that for me says a lot that it took home brewer turned nano brewery turned commercial brewer yep. to do cans one at a time. To, bloody to, beer to, to drag Essex kicking and screaming into yeah. modern beer. Yeah. You know, so I, I honestly don't think at the time there was a single brewery in Essex doing canned beer. No. And, um, like I say, they haven't followed me. They haven't followed me, but it shows you the, where the the brewing scene yeah. was in, in Essex because cask beer and five hundred mil bottles of you know relatively flat bitters and stuff and yeah. milds and that were were the brewers in Essex. Yeah. So you know, and there, there are some fantastic beers here, but the the county as a whole is far behind the rest of the UK. Yeah. Um, there's another new brewery that's appeared in, in recently in Essex called um, Datum Attitude. Okay. Datum Attitude. Yeah. Sam will kill me if we get it wrong. Um, <laughs> but that's a husband and wife duo Look, that... Looking good, is it? Yeah. Oh, great. Husband, okay. husband and wife duo that were doing wines and stuff. And I think they had like a kind of something like grocery business. Right. With wines and cheeses, that can you know. And then they started brewing and I've bought a decent little kit. And I've had a few of Sam's cans yep. with good artwork as well. Okay. Also based around RAF terms. Um, All right. Data match, it is an RAF term. Is it? Yeah. And then when... Um, they, 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 I think they're like a proper they're a nano brewery still yeah and he had a couple of cakes and warming up to two brews in Colchester and right. I asked for the other one and we had it on here it was a double IPA oh nice it's bloody brilliant yeah you know and that was really refreshing so we're we're in contact same as I am with Leon C right get on really well with these guys Good. happy to work with them happy to support them in here you that's know. the thing yeah I said look if we can get your name out there a bit more in Chelmsford and people enjoy your beer then that helps them grow and there's another good brewery in the, in the county Definitely. for me yeah. so um, um, although I am a competitive person with this I am very I'm very much about the community and yeah. the, what, that, what that means and actually working together with other breweries because if more people discover them in Malden yeah. you know, this is cool what else is in Essex they find us you know it works both ways of course they do yeah. same way when we opened here people said to me are you not directly competing with the Ale House? Mm. I was like, well, no. No. Because Ale House has got a fantastic range of, cro- of car scale. Yeah. They've got their, their other taps, a lot of kind of permanent taps, a lot of siren, etc. And what we're doing here is different. Yeah. But also, it creates a little bit of a it's, mini yeah, beer it's, mile. It's, This is now a destination, yeah. yeah but, you know, it, people it, like you did today are going to come here on the train. They're much more likely to do that because you've yeah. got two places to yeah. go rather than one. And, well, you know, and, and you've got a hot box in the middle. Yeah. yeah. A hot box in the middle of us. And, you know, when I went in there first three years ago, they were selling, you know, every bottle or can for three fifty. And I said, guys, you can make some money on this bar if you change it up a bit. I ended up brewing them a whole house beer and hotbox pale ale and helping them with the infrastructure to install some taps to serve draft. Nice. So now they serve draft beer in there. They've got loads of Brew York. They've got like other Quantock Brew. Loads of great beer that's, in that's there. That's a music venue, basically. It's a music venue yeah, yeah, most of yeah, the time, yeah. yeah. But now people come in, they come in here for a beer. They pop in hotbox for a beer and nice. listen to some music. And then they yeah. pop in ale house. And it's great. The West End of Chelmsford is now growing as a result of it. Fantastic. So it's not about competition yeah. for me. It's about actually working together. And presumably, any food vendors around here are benefiting from that as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. And the whole thing. Sure Zorba, just... Zorba are loving it. We yeah. see people there all the time because it's yeah. fantastic Greek food. And obviously, you've got DFC up the road. It's a personal favourite of mine. I shouldn't admit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and Molsham Street has been the hub of craft beer in Chelmsford, with the hop beer shop specifically as the first microbrew in Essex. Right, and hopsters as the first bottle shop in Chelmsford yeah. and the Molsham Tap which is kind of more gin focused but has had craft beer in the past 
that was always where you go for craft beer. Right. And it kind of feels like we've dragged it back a bit. We've dragged right, it yeah. back to the yeah, alehouse. 10, 15 minute walk from here. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You're, you're, you're literally in the shadow of the railway station. Yeah. So this is this is the centre of town by any it definition, is, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. And, you know, but you could all, you could get craft beer there or at the alehouse. Yeah. That was it. Every other pub has got craft beer on the wall. It's not serving you craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But it was only the alehouse up this end of town that had it. And now Hotbox has got it. And now yeah. we've got it. You've got three bars in 50 metres here that all serve good craft beer, Fantastic. good spirits, good yeah. Car scale, good wines. So and then, and then there were three hours and kitchen opening around the corner. There's yep. only four of us. That's so awesome. we are we are turning the West End into the place to come for good quality drinking and socialising stuff. Absolutely. Terms, you know? Yeah. We're, and we're building that ourselves just just through hard work and a bit of passion. You know. Fantastic. Dan, let's take a short break. Yep. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. So I'm back with Dan and Steve for the second half of the show. Dan, at this stage, every week, I am a creature of habit. I ask the guests to tell me what makes them different. What is it you're doing to stand out in the UK craft beer scene? Um, God, that's a tough question. I don't know that I'm doing anything different to stand out in the UK craft beer scene, okay. if I'm honest. I don't, there's fantastic beer from hundreds of breweries up and down the country. Um, Dozens. I'll give you dozens. Dozens. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of breweries making a lot of good beer. Yeah. Um, and they've got good beer, good artwork. You know everything that is the modern craft beer scene. Mm. I think for me it's rather than trying to stand out and be different. It's that what I want is that what we do here is top quality. Right. That the people we engage with have a fantastic experience. I want to create you know like a great atmosphere in the bar. For me, it's just about that what we do, we do right and we do well with passion and with love. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be anything different to some of the other great breweries. Yeah, I like that. So if I could paraphrase what you just told me, you you don't want to stand out on the downside. So you just want to to reach that high level, that that high bar, which is, I agree with you, has been set. Yeah. You know, at a very high level by, by a good yeah. number of operators now. I, yeah. I, think, I think the beer will always speak for itself. If we yeah. make good enough beer, then we will hopefully be recognised on a national national scale. Absolutely, yeah. And people enjoy it. And, and ultimately, people will trust us to make good beer. You know, I can name you five breweries now that I trust to make good beer yeah. and that I will enjoy when they produce beers. Not that they're all going to be hits, and if it's on no. West Coast, I might not want to drink it. But for me, it's not, it's not, it's not about a specific USP. It's about... Do the people that come here have a bloody good time? Right. If they're going to work and they're earning their money and they come here and they buy a pint for six quid, seven quid, whatever it may be, yeah. is it worth their money? Yes. You know, for me, that's what it's all about. Like, we're not going to stand out in any other way other than the fact that I want people just to look at us and go, I know that if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money on their beer, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. And if I come to their bar or go to one of their events, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's more about that. And I think that that, you know, and then natural organic growth hopefully will get us recognised nationally because mm. people will be like, these, these are just people that really actually care. Yeah. You know, they give a shit about what they're doing. Yeah. They want to look after their customers. They care about them and they're conscious of that, you know? Yeah. Maybe that is our USP, you know? I it, think, it may yeah. well be that actually that general passion and love for what we do is the USP, yeah. but um, I, don't, I, don't look, I don't ever sit here and go mm. to myself, 
how can I be different? How can I stand out? I just say to myself, what can I do to make sure that we are the best we can be? Yeah, I think that's great. And I think what, what you've just said to me is a combination of passion and modesty, which, which I think stands in really good stead. So, so I don't think you need to go any further than that. Cool. I think that, that, that's, that's very well put. Um, Talking of good beers. Yeah. This, so I haven't got tasting notes here, which I apologise for, because I, I was prepared to, uh, I was thinking we were going to do a different beer. So um, tell me what we're drinking, uh, Dan. So this is, yeah. um, this is our stout. Um, yep. It's called Alone at Sea. Yep. Um, it is a chocolate, vanilla and sea salt stout. Okay. Um, uh, we've actually have Molden sea salt. Um, we were meant to collaborate with Molden on it. Okay. I got the okay right before the lockdown for them to have their branding on it and, and actually do something with them and then during the lockdown the girl that agreed it all uh, left or was locked whatever happened in yeah. lockdown and then they pulled it oh what a shame uh, which is frustrating because yeah. they did actually then end up collaborating with another brewery and I can't believe I can't think who it is mm. I saw it recently and it was a collaboration with a brewery with Molden Seasol and I was gutted I was like oh that should have been us yeah yeah but look it's their loss but, whatever, um, you know, yeah, so. but um, so this is um, Madagascan Vanilla yeah um, Cocoa very uh, subtle vanilla, by the way. Didn't very, overdo yeah. it, which is easily, you know, it's yeah. an easily overdone ingredient. And it you is. didn't do that, so yeah, that's good. It is. Yeah. And then the salt for me is just, um, just to just add that, just almost like your salt caramel, yeah. just kind of oh. enhances a couple of those flavours. But I also, all of those additions were added in very small quantities because I wanted the malt to shine. Yeah, I didn't want this to be like a thick, sweet kind of milk stout type beer. No. I wanted it to be an easy drinking stout where the barley really, really comes through. Yeah, but then just has a small few subtleties in the background to add those kind of flavours in, just nice. to kind of round it off. Um, I love so Actually, I don't think you need to be subtle with the salt. Um, and I would, I'd actually love to taste a heavily salted stout. And I yeah. probably, you'd probably, you probably never sell it to anybody other than me. But yeah. and I don't think I ever have tasted a heavily salted. You yeah. know, I, I'd like to taste a, a stout salted to the same level as a ghost. You know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. really. To, yeah. ooh, well, I don't know about that. Whether anybody else would go for that, but that, that's just me. Maybe. I might give it a go. <laughs> Working a bigger impie. Yeah. Where you've got a lot more kind of the alcohol flavours. That's the, right. Yeah. The kind of sweeter body flavour. But no, I, I, I think this is a really well presented beer, and I, I yeah. really enjoy it. What, what's so, the? Did you say the ABV six? Five. Five. Yeah, wow. Okay. 5%, so that's yeah. yeah. It's got plenty of body for yeah. the five percent. Yeah. yeah it. This was super popular when we released it. The can art was wonderful. Right. It was incredibly popular, and this mm -hmm. is the this is the last keg of it. We, okay. I saved it for the International Stout Day. All right. So um, yeah. Yeah. So that's why it went on the other day. Mm -hmm. um, and you got other stouts uh, in, in the in the plan or? Uh, um, I do. I do. Yeah. I'm a huge stout fan. Right. Um, I really want to. I really want to do some big imperial stouts. Um, I'd like to do some barrel aging. I've got a secret project planned in the back of my head okay. for the future. Nice. Around specifically around stouts. Yep. What I would like to do is, um, although it sounds really silly, because I'm still so early in my journey, mm -hmm. on to the point where the brewery has fantastic staff and has a head brewer and stuff that isn't me. Yeah. People that can do that side <laughs> of it, so that I can go back to my early days of brewing. Yeah. And I can go back to small batch experimentation. Right. At which point I'm going to just be hitting big imperial stouts barrel aged definitely stouts. look you know yeah, if you're a, if you're a brewer and you're not interested in barrel aging then i just don't know what you're doing really. yeah, i can't no, I, no. honestly i doubt your your yeah. motivations yeah you know you might as well go and work for heineken if you yeah. like, if barrel aging isn't what does it for you then yeah. i just don't really and, understand and that, yeah. that is what does it for me yeah. at the time um the, the barrel aged 
I remember your think on is just fantastic. Brilliant. But, um, we will definitely get definitely to that uh, one, once we finish recording. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah for, for me, it's like, although I'm so early in the journey, I know that what I want to do ultimately is just be able to have fun of it and experiment like yeah. I did when I was homebrewing, you know. And, and I guess one of my goals is to get to the point where the business is successful enough that we have created these fantastic jobs for people. We do look after the people nice. that work for yeah. us. And just give me some of that freedom and flexibility to kind of just have a bit of fun of it again. Mm-hmm. I said I have fun with a lot of the new beers, but you know when I'm brewing another batch of Prologue, I enjoy brewing a batch of yeah. Prologue. But I'm just at this point, just well, it's a different discipline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're trying you know, to make so the best beer you possibly can, yeah. and probably even yeah. still tweaking it a tiny bit each time. But every, it's, every yeah. time, yeah, every time, you know. So yeah, you know, with, with, with it, I control the controllables, you know, as yeah. much as I can. Temperature the same, yeah. quantities the same, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the yeast will do its thing, and and you know the magic will happen. And yeah. It'll come out, it comes out, you know. So, um, just to change the subject up a little bit, I'm um, I live in Reading, as, as people will know, and uh, you know, so I'm 100 miles away from home, well outside your current catchment area. Yeah. But we were at the Hops Farm Winter yeah. Festival in December, yeah. freezing our nuts off because it was a very Me cold too. day. I was very Me glad I, you know, I bought my big coat and my gloves, yeah. But by a very long way, the highlight of that festival was your dipper. Yeah. Uh, which was my first ever mouthful of your beer, um, and it was a it was puzzle damper, yeah, eight percent double IPA, and it was I think um, it was an absolutely sort of holy shit moment for me, you know. And I haven't I, I reckon you know we've been doing this podcast and this week craft beer for coming up to three years now. I reckon I've probably only had three or four experiences like that where I've tasted a new beer yeah. from a new you know I shouldn't say a new beer I've tasted yeah, yeah. a beer from a new brewery that I wasn't really even aware of, and I thought. Good God, you know, this is at a level that I, it's hard to put into words how yeah. impressed I was with that beer. Oh, so, good, thank you. so, you know, I know because I've spoken to you but previously, yeah. you, you literally barely got it into keg that day and it was like, yeah. a, you know, it was a yeah. real sort of last minute experience. Yeah. But was, my yeah. God, did you hit a home run that night. You, um, yeah. So, you that, know, to tell was, us the story of that beer. That, that went down incredibly well. Um, I love that style of beer. Hmm. I love double IPAs. Oh, me too. Um, and especially the kind of really kind of soft, New England the IPA, double IPAs, but they're just they're just really pillowy, really fruity. Yeah. That you can drink it like it's just like a sessionable pale ale. You know, that's that's just what I'm about, these things. Um, and that was a you know, that was a complete punt for me that beer. It was an expert I spent a lot of time researching it planning the recipe and everything um, yeah. and that's the, that's the first time I ever tried to even brew it that was wow. my first attempt at it yeah. first go yeah it was my first go um, believe it or not mango um, social equal was my first go as well okay I've, I've, I've learned I have learned about myself that as I've become more experienced as a brewer I kind of can do this I've got the basics down of how to make a good beer yeah. and then I experiment a bit and see how they come out. Really, I've been a bit, I've been a bit rogue of it, really. And I, I keep seeing to make beers that people love, which is, which yeah. is obviously a great thing. To but as you say, considering you know the, the, the kit you've got anyway is not really yeah. tuned and suited to yeah. that was even more remarkable. I, I, have, yeah. I have had someone say to me because um, I've had that puddle jumper was so popular. Yeah, know, that that group that helped. But similar experience I had with that is the same experience I had with two way flyover. Right. That was a point where I noticed the brewery gained real traction. Okay. Yeah. At least put like that and get a lot more interest. Well, anybody went to that event that you know in yeah. December and had that beer will have come away talking yeah. about it. I'm quite sure. You know that must have you know yeah. significantly increased your, you know the did, visibility yeah. of your business. A lot, a lot of people said that was the beer of the festival. Oh, it, no yeah. question. Yeah. People were loving it and. Um, yeah, it went down incredibly well. We had it on here up until recently when we ran out of it, and then uh-huh. it, it flew out of here yeah. as well. Um, so I am, I'm definitely so rebrew that one, please. I will, yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to break your heart a little, um, being that you know, I want an old Dave Porter kit, and mm. I could only brew small batches of beer that strong. 
think I only brewed about 350 odd litres of it and um, I was doing the brew day and I started filling the uni tank and I really needed to go to the loo and I ran out to the loo I ran out to the loo right and I came back and I'd left the sample tap open and it was pouring all over the floor Jesus and I remember do you know what's really funny I remember my mum rung me when I was driving home she's like oh you alright how was your day and I said yeah it's it's all good apart from the fact I've just brewed the strongest beer I ever produced and the best beer in the smallest one I produced it in and I made made a stupid mistake of not closing the sample tap after cleaning it and half of it's poured on the floor Jesus and I was just like, oh, I've got so I, ended up, I ended up with so little of that beer. Yeah. And, and do you know what? Fun enough, a very similar thing happened with this first ever batch of two of flyover. Mm. I used to have to do it at the corny kegs. Right. Um, and then I'd can out of those when I, with, you know, when I was doing the kind of homebrew type yeah. stuff. Um, and I'd hopped it so heavily that the corny keg blocked up and I couldn't, uh, one of them I couldn't even get out. So I lost 19 litres of that. Oh. When you're only doing, you know, was it at the time? Um, 58 litres at a yeah. time I think it was 57 litres three yeah, of those so lost a third, I lost yeah. a third of it and then that and then that was a banger as well so every time I brew a great beer I, so I lose some then, you know it's like what is it they say in whiskey it's the angels shit well, that's I love this, it but this time the angels are drinking out of the yeah. floor of the drain <laughs> the um, rats enjoyed it anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah for me that was um, that was just a fantastic beer people loved it yeah um, that's probably, I'd say that's probably the one I'd be most proud of. Right. The artwork as well for that, I just loved. The artists I worked with just nailed exactly what I wanted for it. And um, I want to do more beers like that, you know. Yeah. So I feel like it's a beer, it's a beer style that if I can carry on doing to that to that level of quality, yeah. I think we'll do very well out of, you know. I don't um, doubt it, yeah. That's the kind of beer that if I can get in cans, I think we will be able to push them out. And hopefully that's the kind of thing that will start to get us a bit more record. Yeah, that's kind of, your, that, that, that will be a great beer to launch yourself sort of. Yeah, you know, nationally, would, if you yeah. can ever get to the stage where you, yeah, that's the job. That's the biggest, thing, production for, that's the biggest yeah. thing for me, like doing things like this and um, doing events like the Clabageddon, yeah, um, which is coming up. We don't have any beer to give to people. No, you know, the bar takes it all. Cause yeah, of our scale. So we just don't have any beer to give to people at the minute. And I, I was chatting to my bar manager Ryan the other day, and we kind of both agreed. Every time I brew, if I'm doing twenty kegs, I should keep four back for trade. Yeah, you know, even just so I've got something there in case they ask. Yeah. And like, you know, as part of this Clavageddon event where we're going to have beer, um, this beer I've brewed with five points mm. in, you know, every major city in the UK. Yeah, that's 24 fantastic. different cities. Yeah. Uh, cities and towns. If any of them turn around and say, we love this. Yeah, yeah. So when they have the five kegs, yeah. They've got nothing for them, no. you know, and then you lose the opportunity quite yeah. quickly, you know. So I'm quite conscious of that. So at the minute I'm kind of holding back certain things and I've got the mango social kegs and stuff, I've got the okay. social need, but I'm going to keep a couple of them aside. But right. Um, just being conscious of it but as soon as I can get back to some kind of canning and small pack yeah. it becomes a lot lot easier well that's the thing that. yeah if you, yeah. you know if you can actually follow up a, you know that type of event with yeah, yeah. I'll ship you a couple of couple of cases of cans yeah. just to, to sort of drip feed out to, yeah, the, to the people that are really asking absolutely. for it then that's uh, yeah. yeah but still nice these are first world problems aren't yeah, they really they you know, you're are. definitely generating they, a bit they, of buzz they, there they, they certainly are oh, fantastic so at this stage I always ask the uh, guest uh, where's the best place to get your beers? But I think we've already answered that question. It's, it's right, here. right here, and the two places immediately next door yeah. are, are your choices, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, so in here we'll have all of my beers. Yeah. Um, uh, as as I brew them, will be on tap. Next door in Hotbox is the Hotbox New England Pale Ale. Yeah. And then next door is the Ale House, our second home Pale Ale. Nice. Um, so it's kind of like you're actually making, you know, it's almost like a mini sort of uh, crawl that you're sending yeah. people on if they want to actually taste all yeah, the beers, which exactly, I, like, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And the, the one in the Ale House, every time I brew it, I change the hops. So yeah. they've got a permanent tap, but it always changes the flavour slightly. It's a nice tap. Yeah. Um, hop box is what it is, um, but it's they, it flies out there, they love it. It's mm. incredibly popular, so we, we, we're keeping the recipe. And then in here will be everything else I produce. Yeah. Um, 
when I start canning again, we'll have the cans in here for takeout as well, and hopefully longer ter- longer term, some more experimentational stuff yeah. as well. And um, yeah, look, as as hopefully as if the brewery can expand its capacity, and I can start to do small back again, we'll be back in the likes of Hopsters. Yeah. Um, you know, we were we were in Hopsters in Chelmsford in Lee. Right. Um, Felix, that we've been in as well as um, the other shop in Ipswich. Yeah. Um, we've had a few people take the beers up. Uh, even uh, like the Blue Boar and a few others in Leicester had the beer. They came okay. down to nice. pick it up for yeah. me, which was great. And yeah, look, you know, I almost need to give myself that supply problem where I can then go out and start selling it again. You yeah. Know, the way I used to. Right now, I don't need to do anything. No, no selling stuff. required. No. <laughs> it really, really is. It's like you know, don't get me wrong. It's uh, it is bloody brilliant. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, we will be stuck here in these in these three three bars if we don't if you can't expand that brewery capacity yeah yeah so so every penny we earn right now is going towards a bigger brewery great to hear simple as that you know i'm I'm looking at initially i'm looking at an eight barrel i think right um which double the capacity Mm -hmm. because i've bought i've actually purposely bought thousand liter tanks so my unit tanks are over capacity Mm -hmm. because then i was thinking actually even if even if i scale up to two thousand liters i can brew one IPA, put it in both tanks. And yes, exactly. Dry hops. Yeah. So you end up with two different Terrific. hopped IPAs. So yeah. that's kind of where my head up was at with buying them. It's almost future proofing it a little bit. So yeah, look, the plan, the plans are all there. I think right now expansion is absolutely necessary for yeah. me. And again, I'd rather do it organically this time around because um, I, you know, I want I want this to be something that we have achieved as a yeah. business and that you know we we've earned you know we've earned the sense. right to be yeah. a bigger business in yeah. that way. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the kind of that's the next step. Fantastic. Hopefully, hopefully next year. Is yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't have to around with these no. things. Like, I can see the potential. Of this it's just like I might just bloody get on with it. You know? Yeah. But unfortunately, money. Well, you've got, you got to tread slightly cautiously in the current environment. Yeah, you, yeah, think, you, you, you do. Know, yeah, you, you, you do. But then, you know, I've just opened a bar. <laughs> but then, when's a good time to open a bar? You know, like uh-huh. if I'd opened a bar in January 2020, I'd have been buggered. You know? Yes. And if I'd opened it in the start of 2021, it probably would have been really difficult. But it, Oh, for me, it's like we got to a point where there was a good local following and yeah. a lot of interest in it and stuff. And I thought it's kind of now or never, really. Right. Just, just kind of get on with it. Mm. And, uh, and so far, we're doing really well. Three months open. Last month was the best month we've had. Fantastic. Um, we're starting to put on more events. Now. Hopefully, heading into Christmas. So, yeah. anything you want to plug events wise? So this well, so one we do every month is a metal night. Okay. So we are first and foremost we are a rock bar. Is that on a particular night? You know, so yeah. it's a, sort so, of like a uh, second Friday. Of the second month, Friday every okay. month. Yeah. Um, first of all, we are a rock bar. You know, sure. the general the general music is seventies, yeah. eighties rock, some kind of more modern stuff. Yeah, um, it's an alternative place. You know, yeah. and there's again nowhere else in Chelsea doing that. You know, Asylum's not there anymore. The Fleece was, the Bay was. It just doesn't happen anymore. Um, so first of all, most the playlist is generally just a bit of an alternative playlist, which people have been loving. You know, nice. saying, there's no there's nowhere else like this. We miss this. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of good old seventies, eighties rock is a great music here in the bar you know yeah. you just don't hear it it's all pop, no, pop no. crap yeah. um, but well, for old farts like us it's like yeah. anyway, but, <laughs> uh, but even because all the old kind of proper rock and heavy metal bars are gone we do a metal night once a month Okay. and they've been our busiest nights by far Brilliant. the atmosphere in here is great we have a lot of people who aren't even rockers you know and they yeah. just come here and they love the vibe people, yeah, yeah. people dancing singing out loud <laughs> like we've been, we have been loving it great um, and then we're trying to do more events. We've done a Halloween party, we've done an Oktoberfest, the obvious stuff. Yeah. But one we've got this month on November 26th right. um, is a, met, um, a Texan night. Texan yeah, night. It's like yeah. a kind of country night. So we've imported a load of beers from microbreweries in Texas. Brilliant. Given the size of Texas, microbrew beer in Texas doesn't often get out of Texas. No. Like, no. That's what the, the importers told us. Yeah. Um, so 
So we've purposely imported a beer from four different breweries in Texas, Perfect. and we're hopefully going to get a couple more. Yes. Um, on the same t- same day, we're going to have two kind of country blue blue, blue, uh, blue grass, grass yeah. type of singers <laughs> on stage and acoustic sets nice. for us. Yep. And we've got steel smoking set up outside that ah. is smoked Texan meats. Awesome. Basically, yep. it's Texan inspired barbecue. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a couple of artists. We're going to have food for the first time, live music for the first time, yep. and Texan microbrew beers. That'd be great. So, yeah. um, I'm sure Ryan will make us all wear flannel shirts and weird hats, stable <laughs> cactuses. You know, it'd be really cheesy as we tend to be in here. Yep. But yeah, so that's going to be our first kind of big event. We say 20, do you say 25th of November? 26th. 26th of November. 26th. Saturday 26th. Saturday 26th. Yeah. Saturday 26th. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Three weeks so, um, from today. So two weeks after this goes out. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah literally. Yeah. Good timing. So, um, Is that a ticket event? or No. Okay. No, we don't do anything like ticket no. events really. Um, we're just going to be just having fun with it. Um, the other thing we are doing is we are showing the World Cup. Okay. Um, yep. Um, well, it's beautiful the World Cup is it's all you know it's all on terrestrial TV, isn't it? it? Is. So you don't need to, you don't need your sky or your no, BT subscription. See my little TV license yeah, all nice. done. I bought a second hand projector, a second hand screen. Oh, cool. That's going up here. Love it. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to to get into the. Um, I was fortunate enough to win the um, ballot from the government for the 2018 World Cup semi-final in Hyde Park. Oh! So when you saw the news, all the beers go in the air. I was there, and it was just. It was one of the greatest days ever, and then we lost, and it became one of the worst oh, days ever. God, yeah, yeah. And I remember walking home with my friend, and this is when I was you know, still very early taking the beers into work. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I am going to show the next World Cup in my own bar. Love it. And now I am. Oh, yeah. I really am. So, um, so, yeah, we are showing it. Um, nice. I'm a huge football fan anyway, and I just thought it would be a great thing to do. Sure. It would be great for the business, of yeah. course. So we'll be showing... Certainly, all the England games, yeah. and, and most probably just streaming all the others. And if people are interested, we'll have a sound. Yeah, that's just to come on, can't you? Yeah. So looking forward to the World Cup. Yeah. Um, it's awfully planned, awful in the middle of the season, and all that. Kind oh of stuff, yeah. It is what it well, is. Well, I look from you know from your perspective, you know you didn't have a Christmas season that's to be interrupted necessarily yeah. anyway. So yeah. you know, obviously you'd hope to be busy over Christmas, yeah. but it's not like you're booking Christmas parties. Anyway. No, no. So, so it, it's all good yeah. for you, you know, for for, yeah. for venues that that did have Christmas parties and would normally be making yeah. plenty of money this time of year. Yeah. It's actually a bit of a disruption for them Absolutely, but for you yeah. it's all gravy isn't yeah, it? yeah it's, it's great, great yeah. You know, and we've had a few people inquire about kind of parties stuff. yeah we'll reserve your table for people sure. and um, we're trying to build like almost like a board game at night or this is where I'd, well. I'd have my Christmas party if I uh, if I was a Chelmsford based business that's yeah. for sure but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, enough, there's, enough, there's enough booze that's for sure but, yeah um, we're, we're trying to build other events like Wednesday nights we're trying to do like a board game night okay um, nice yeah. just trying to do some more kind of midweek stuff to just get more people yeah. in and just, bit, just, just have a bit more fun with it you know yeah, rather than just be a Someone to drink and socialise, yeah. something a bit more interesting. So, and, so um, people can find out about these things on your social media. Yeah, the best thing is generally um, everything kind of done via Instagram. Right, it's most of these things I yeah. do is Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have a website, Radio City Social Code UK. Yeah. We don't utilise it very well because a lot of our stuff is just social media. Yeah. Um, and there's only so much I can do. Sure. You know, I think people expect <laughs> to find this on yeah. Instagram these days. Yeah, that's it. So Instagram, yeah. we put all of our yeah. events up. We've got photos of ourselves and we're drunk behind a bar like we did last night. <laughs> loads of photos last night. But yeah, you know, it's, um, that's the best place to contact us. And, you know, my mobile number is on all of the social media, all the website, anything. So people can just ring me, WhatsApp me if they want okay. to ask a question. I'll respond as and when I can. Nice. You know, um, Generally, I'm quite good at responding, but um, yeah, I'm always, always happy to take a call from someone and WhatsApp from somebody. And I've had people WhatsApp me saying, is the bar open? Yes. And they go, you know, <laughs> um, you know but, and that's cool. You know, yeah. that's it for me. That's someone engaging with what you're doing. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant, you know, yeah. so it doesn't bother me at all. I had someone, uh, a woman ring me the other day and say, um, 
say, oh, have you got a Halloween party tonight? And there I was with a steaming hangover going, nope, it was last night. Still <laughs> <laughs> with my face covered in makeup. I, I actually went out to Tesco to get some food and I still had all the makeup on. <laughs> I forgot that I hadn't taken it all off. And I, got, and I, and I literally got, went to get out of the car and I looked in the mirror and I went, oh, I'm scared myself. <laughs> I thought, can I can I walk into Tesco like this? And do you know what? And I did. I was like, ah, screw it. You know, yeah. I'm getting myself that croissant. But love it. <laughs> uh, we're into the home straight, Dan. Um, yeah. First question is: I like you to give what I call a shout out to a little guy. Yeah. You're a little guy yourself, but doesn't mean you can't promote another. So, yeah. could you mention one or more local to Chelmsford beer businesses you think are doing a great job of promoting independent craft beer? The two for me, the two for me that I guess that I think are doing the best are Leon C. Yep. Leon C Brewery, yep. um, they're just fantastic, very good friends of mine, and uh, aforementioned Datum Attitude, yeah. Datum Attitude, yep. um, I will ask Sam after this how to pronounce it again, yep. um, but you know, both of them are making, for me, really good quality, modern beer styles, Brilliant. Leon C also the kind of traditional beer styles, yeah. all run by very good people that are all very passionate about the industry, so for me it's, their mentality around it all matches up to mine quite a lot, nice. you know? so I've yep. brewed with Leon C, we've had a collaboration, yep. I'm sure at some point I'll talk to Sam about um, their attitude and we'll do something with them. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I think locally, beer-wise, they're the two, they're okay. the two that I'd say. Yeah. If you don't know them, check them out. Nice. All right. Then we are at the wrap-up question. Here I need to know from you, what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? And what specific beer would you be drinking? And the beer doesn't necessarily need to match the venue. So in this fancy world, you could bring the beer with you if it wouldn't usually be available. So where would I be, who would I be with, and what would I be drinking? Yes. Um, solely based on my experience last week, I'd be drinking an Imperial Stout by Hidden Springs Aleworks out in Tampa okay. called Whale Batter. All right. Um, it is simply the most glorious thing to ever pass my lips. Florida um, is great for big yeah, stouts. We, we, went to, um, we went out uh, for my birthday earlier last month, and we went to see the bar from well, a friend of mine who imports some beer for us. Right. And because it's my birthday and we were customer busy, gave us this bottle. And I think it must have about 10 of us shared it. It says 750. Just a, yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, as soon as I started tasting it, I was like, no, no one else. We, we've got the bottle here empty. We kept brought the bottle home. Nice. He's hoping we'll import some for us. Um, we have got some very expensive US impies here mm. in bottles. Um, they're expensive. We don't make a good margin on no. it at all because of the, the price. But they're here because you can't get them anywhere else. Nice that, to that know. was probably yeah. one of the best beers I've ever had. Yeah. So I'll be drinking that. Who would I be with? I don't know really, just um, probably just some mates. That's yeah, fine, Does yeah. that, so you don't have to overthink no, it. No, 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 no one specific. No. Um, just, uh, for me, I'm just, I'm always happy to be with a group of friends. So we the need more to, the merrier. So we're just know. missing your venue, Dan. The venue. Um, I would probably be in a music venue. Okay. Like a Brixton Academy, a Hammersmith right. with a yeah. band type thing. Like. Yeah. Um, I go to gigs every month, I go to festivals every year. Yeah. Live music for me is a huge part of my life. Right. Um, so if I could, if you could put me in front of a great band with great friends and great beer, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Sadly, I'm in, the, you know, the third the part of that equation is almost never there, is it? You know, the, yeah. you can have the friends in the band, but the beer is but usually a big yeah. let down. Do not start me on Wembley um, <laughs> because I am not paying £8.40 for a pint of bloody uh, Ale Smiths no. or bloody Heineken. It is criminal how much they're charging these venues. Yeah. They've got you by the balls in your room. They do, they? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, that's why I love Hotbox, because you go there, they've had great bands in there, and you've got good beer now as well. And, nice, um, yeah. Yeah, I've got aspirations to do something musically in okay. as well, kind of like festival-wise, music, beer nice. and stuff. So, okay. Uh, very much my mentality around this is if if no one else is doing it and, and yeah. you want it, do it yourself. An to make it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I think yeah, that's probably 
how I'd answer that. Brilliant. Look, it's been lots of fun, Dan. Very, very impressed with your with your passion and your commitment to this. Thank you very and, much. Um, your beers are fabulous, and I'm quite sure you're going to yeah. prosper. So, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate Steve that. will be here more than I will because yeah. I'm the wrong side of London. But, yeah. but yeah. we're both here to support you, and yeah, cool. just want to see this this really go big because I, I think it has every chance. So, cool. thank you. Uh, in the meantime, that. thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks both.